Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Winches and scallywags, rugrats over 18 years of age, prudes avert your ears and eyes. The Asylum Studio brings to you a show to bend your mind and implode your morals. Ethics be damned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chaos and Disorder. A little less of a disaster getting started this week. Maybe Finkelstein has learned a little something from his suspension, but... There he I is. Think he's a, I think he's more sober right now ah, than normal. Didn't, didn't, he had to work late. Also, oh, he didn't get the prerequisite six-pack in before the show started. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Also, oh, speaking of the show, welcome on into Chaos and Disorder. I am your host, the talent, Mr. Rick Flieger, along with my octogenarian friend, Rick Briggs. Check out the show on the tweeters at Chaos and Disorder and on Facebook, Chaos and Disorder Podcast. Let's try that again. Please. Chaos and Disorder Podcast on the Facebook. And of course, if you want to be a part of the show, head over to the Gmail, Chaos and Disorder Pod at gmail.com. That was a butchered, terrible start. <laughs> Thank you, Mr talent Woo! for the smooth Woo. intro. Thank God we have Andy Frampton to actually bring the show in. You can find him on Facebook and TikTok at Bronco Swanson. And thank you to Rival Lovers for all our great music. You can find them on Bandcamp and on the Twitter at Real Rival Lovers. So here we sit on a Tuesday night, two more Elite Eight games coming. I, I was griping about the schedule. I was really mad about it on Thursday and Friday, but I kind of liked having the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16 over the weekend, every game in its own window. Right. The Elite Eight on a Monday and Tuesday gives me something to do. And I'll, I'll tell you what, after a wild beginning, it's kind of shaking out, just chalk heading into the Final Four. Yeah, it was. I tell you what, though, that Oral Roberts game was a great, great game. basketball it, game. It was a very good game. But yeah, you're right. Um, what is that? Baylor's in there. Um, what three number ones left? Baylor, Gonzaga, and Michigan, Michigan still yeah, hanging Michigan. around. They play. They play tonight. I think they smack around UCLA. Gonzaga is just going to humiliate USC tonight. I, I think we're going to be pretty chalky in the final fours. So we'll have three ones and a two in all likelihood. What is a Baylor Houston? Should be, be an interesting game. game. That we, should be a very interesting game. Baylor much much more athletic. Obviously, mm-hmm. much better offensively, but Houston plays. I mean, Houston looks like mid '80s Big East the way they play defense. I mean, take the under. Don't worry about the line. Just take the under and what. Right. So that'll be an interesting match. I think ultimately, and I think we said this last week. I think after all the insanity, the two best teams this year clearly were Gonzaga and Baylor, and I think that's what we end up with. But but Houston's a wild card. With with those defensive-minded teams, that that's what they do, and you can hold a team in the 50s. You have a chance to win every single game like that. You also have a chance to lose every single game like that. But I'll tell you what, Gonzaga's a freaking freight train. You know, the, the, we, we tell every year the week conference, the week schedule. The, they played everybody who would play them in November. Most teams in this tournament – Put up a hundred on some of them. I 
boy, I just don't know. I, I have a hard time envisioning anyone derailing that. But there's one thing that very much came to light as the tournament went on. And all the gurus that kept touting the power of the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> count myself a guru, but I spent 20 minutes singing their praises when we did our bracket reveals. It is, yeah. And look, I mean, it stood to reason. It looked like they were playing the best competition, you know, game in and game out. But you look at USC, you look at UCLA, the the two Oregon schools had had the great Pac-12, tournament. Twelve, how? Yeah. Why? I, th- th- this one's stunning to me, you know. And they they had the slow start because of the different rules in California and the way the COVID situation was handled out west. I don't know if they're just sort of hitting their stride. I I can't explain it. How the Big Ten. The ACC was down all year, but when you look at this tournament, how poor the Big Ten and ACC performed in the Pac-12, wow. I mean, certainly they were underseeded. I think we know that now. They were underseeded. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, let, let's touch on our um, contest before we – Oh, yeah. I haven't right looked. now, the top three are a Lucky Tyler – Beer is what it says on the on his uh, entry. Well, we should have known. He's <clears throat> lucky right in his name. He is um, right sitting right now at a total of seven fifty. Only ten points behind is Kevin Burns at seven forty, and in the third spot is Will Jones at seven twenty. And interestingly, they all three have a different champion, so they are all very much alive as long as somebody stays alive who's their are all their okay, champions lucky, still alive lucky tyler has houston okay. for the champion um kevin burns has michigan for the champion and will jones has baylor for the champion oh so nobody has gonzaga so that, that'll be the highest ranked one with gonzaga as champion is trevor perkins who is in sixth position right now so i mean Probably not out of it, depending on how it shakes out, obviously. You know what I like about that list? I've never heard of any of those people. So many times in our past, we've run contests, and it was only the 12 same dickheads we talked to all the time otherwise. So I like that. Let's find our Perhaps chaos and disorder is expanding. Oh, there's or we just tweeted out a bunch about a free hundred bucks and total strangers who never have and never will listen to this show entered, which is good too. I mean, I'd like them to listen more. I'm looking but. right now, tied for 22nd is our illustrious producer, Alejandro, with a total of 530 points. The problem is he can only get 610, even uh, if so. he gets everything heading out. So I think you're eliminated then is what he's trying to say. I am right now in tied for 12th position. I have Baylor. Um, I don't think I can win probably because of some of the guys ahead of us. Yeah, I'm not guys ahead I of you have Baylor. You've got nothing. Well, it depends on the, the final four games and so forth, too. But I don't know what theirs are because I can't see their Well, brackets. I'm pretty sure Baylor's still going to win in their final four games as well. See, that's how they'll get to the championship. Well, yeah, but it could they could have like uh I have Baylor, Michigan. Somebody could have Baylor, Gonzaga, something mm. of that nature. So you just never can tell. Yeah. But well, it's gonna be I think Baylor, those Gonzaga. four that we mentioned are the ones. 
Yeah, yeah, that's where it is. Uh, we'll have to. That'll be the most fun part. So that'll be what a week from yesterday will be yep. the championship game. Seeing how bad the uh, producer butchers up getting these people's contact information so that they can be sent their prizes. He's probably so, already been on it, right? You think? Oh yeah, I th- think. that's what history would dictate. He's already got it all taken care He's of. He's got the wheel all oiled up. Oh. And raring to go. Oh, no. Tell me it's, the wheel isn't back. It's more yeah. like it. He set it on fire. Oh. It's it's here. Oh, it's here? It's here. In pieces and charred. No, it's not. <laughs> it is ready for use. Yeah, I, I miss the wheel. Actually. Everybody does. You, you don't miss calls. the wheel. No, I miss the wheel itself. I don't miss the, the nonsense that comes on the wheel. Like, the actual wheel is fun. Spinning it. Maybe we just spin the wheel now. I do miss that. Yeah. The music's very nice. Oh, man. What are you... So close. <laughs> yeah. So so close for a clean joke, but uh, we blew it again. Hey, but the NCAA tournament, Rick, wasn't the biggest basketball news of the weekend, however. I bet you don't know that. And what is a true Hoosier story, Rick? <laughs> a band of ragtag farm kids coached by an ornery yet basketball genius, traveled down to Pittsburgh. School, the organization's called Primetime. Okay. This ragtag group of farm children, hillbillies, walks down and wins the College Basketball Prospects of America eighth grade Adidas tip-off championship. That's right. Your boy brought home the title, Rick. So congratulate me. I thought you said Indiana people did. Oh. <laughs> what? what? I'm did... on it. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Nobody said Indiana. I thought you said a ragtag bunch of farmers from Indiana. No, that's not what I said. But I said it's a true Hoosier story. That put Indiana in your old gin-soaked <laughs> mind, and you couldn't get out of it, and you still haven't congratulated me. Congratulations, Mr. Flieger. I am... Extremely proud of you. I mean, I'm basically Does Bobby your Knight. Play well, of course she does. Yeah. How many points does she have? I mean, let's brag up the offspring here. You know what? I don't know. I don't know how many points she scored because that's not what we worry about at prime time. No, you worry about bragging about you. We play defense. <laughs> that's we what we shut do. them down. We worry about bragging about ourselves. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was all me. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, your great leadership. Yeah, obviously. that's that's exactly what I, I mean. I, I'm essentially Mike Shashevsky when when you boil it down, and so I'm to be commended you for do my have tremendous kind of effort. Weird little wrinkly nose. Do I? Yeah. I've never thought about my nose. Yeah. I always worried about that because my granddad had the kind of nose you'd huddle under when it rained, and so I was glad I didn't it get that. It was like all red and everything from drinking. Yeah, he wasn't a drinker. Not that grandfather. The other oh. one could get after it, but there not this. One, not the big nosed one. Oh, okay. That's a good thing, because they might have mistaken him for Rudolph. It's possible, but I, I don't know why anyone would do that. We well, just never know if it's glowing on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So we're going to do Rudolph shtick the rest of the show? Is that the direction we're headed here? No, I just I thought that a was a nice button, one right sorry. now. Yeah. yeah, don't you have a Christmas button? You missed an opportunity there. Yeah, but that was Santa Claus, and oh. I just didn't want to use it right now. Because right. it is 70 degrees. It just doesn't feel that well, way Well, it's right going to be now. 30 tomorrow, yeah, so you'll be right back into it. So, no 
Do you well, see the end? Of, that, that's that's a great thing to that is to bring back the chaos going, and disorder. Are you going to get like a trophy or there, a there's actually a there's actually a t-shirt is is what we got, and so it was kind of cool. It was like a real life. You can put it right here. That's what I'm thinking. It was, it was like a real life scenario where the game ends. They're jumping around, then they hand us t-shirts and taking the pictures. I wish there were hats, but I don't want to get greedy. Did you, Did you take you the get net a ladder down? and cut the nets? No, I everything? thought about. We were at Sewickley Academy. I couldn't oh. afford the nets they have hung there <laughs> if I had to replace it. Because I'm sure they're laced with gold and seal eyes yeah, or something. Yeah, no doubt. I would think a seal eye would be expensive because they're you know very rare and people like them. It's I could adorable. be wrong. Adorable. Yeah. Well, I, I never got that. They look all slimy and weird. And a Freddie Mercury was sure a cute little seal. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> but he's dead, right? Yeah, he he kept trying to die, and he finally did. A suicidal seal. Yeah. That's a band name. No, it's not. No, no. I mean, like it should. Oh, be. yeah. Well, if you had any musical talent, maybe you could start that. Maybe rival lovers can hook you up. I'll talk to him. See what's up. Work on that. Did you see the end of the Baylor UConn women's game yesterday? I did. What? Well, what? That was that just got job. Job. That's foul. Yeah. And- I get verticality, but you can't be vertical and forty-five degrees at the same time. Right. And it. it yeah. It- but OREM is going to get that call every time. Every time. You I just got to know it. But, you know, you know you're, you're absolutely right. But still, didn't it just feel like a real job? It, it did. <laughs> I mean, it, that's an in-the-moment call. I, I actually don't hate. Maybe if it wasn't the, the Goliath, you know, if it was the opposite in Baylor, not the Baylor's – David in this right. scenario, but in this scenario, they are, I might've felt different the other way. You know, it's a foul. Generally, I guess I don't mind them swallowing the whistles at the end, but I, I think where you have to, you know, a little bit of body, a little bump would be one thing, but you got to let them get the shot off. If the foul Im- completely impedes the shot, then, right. then I think you have to make that call. It sets up for that nightmare scenario for any basketball player there where she'd had to stand at the foul line with two shots to tie. You know, we saw that the inability to hit foul shots eliminated Alabama right. on, what was it, yesterday, right? Or no, over the weekend. Two days ago. Yeah, over yeah. the weekend. So, But I think the biggest story with that one, did, did you see uh, Kim Malarkey, their head coach, in the in the presser afterwards? Did, did you see or hear all that? I just saw a snippet of it. I didn't see, I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah, but, but essentially said didn't talk about well maybe the the what I saw I assume talked about the no call and things like that but talked about the COVID protocols and heading into the final four and how in her opinion they should just stop testing the players to ensure that the final four goes off and nobody who's earned that right misses out on the opportunity and of course people are losing <laughs> their minds over her saying this I I don't know where it comes from I don't know how I feel about it but what what a cool way to distract from everything else going on. Because you say something like that, people lose it. And it's been a lot of fun reading that on the tweeters today. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I mean, there was all kinds of <clears throat> strange still photographs floating around, you know, on Twitter. Oh, with the mask game. up over her eye yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what was up with the mask if she's against the mask or just she was so mad she didn't know what to do with her hands i've been in that situation before i don't know but it kind of, it brought to mind you know kind of like the old what if scenarios what if like bob knight 
Woody Hayes, Bear <laughs> Bryant. Some of these guys were coaching during like this COVID. Oh God. <laughs> thing. I mean, well, you saw a lot of it with Bob Huggins, right? And Pat Forty mm-hmm. was losing his mind because Huggins wasn't wearing his mask or wasn't wearing it right. right. Forty put out that tweet. It was Huggins. I think there was two other that that Forty and his. Uh, infinite wisdom deemed weren't mass compliant enough and he was happy they were eliminated and actually postulated in a tweet that that was the reason that was the reason they were eliminated was karma for lack of mass compliance so he's a little too far the other day yeah but i'd love bob knight he sits down (laughs) and some pin-headed reporter asks him to pull his mask up so they feel safe (laughs) that'd be john cheney you imagine telling john cheney that (laughs) He go full John Calipari on, (laughs) but it it does make you wonder, you know, as you look at this, supposedly it seems this thing mercifully is coming to an end. I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where these leagues, these schools, there's maybe even more in in the college, but even the pro leagues say, all right, we feel comfortable now. We're just going to stop testing you know i wonder what the long term's effect of this because people are still guys or players are still going to get sick right so we decide let's just say july 4th we decide covid's over yay hooray have the parade going forward we don't have to worry about it but then we get in the fall and kids just start getting sick where they used to play with the flu they used to play with the cold Do do these testing protocols ever go away? They have to, right? We can't do this this forever. Well, they've instilled so much fear in the populace. It's it's going to take time to wear off. But, you know, I put this to you. If they've deemed that everybody is vaccinated for COVID, I mean, people get flu shots every year, but they still get the flu. Right. So, I mean, is it just going to be like a – you know, you're going. You may get a case of it, but so what? You're vaccinated. You well, that's may, what I don't. You just feel crappy for a couple of days, and you'll be all right. I well, mean, you. I'm with you. You can't just run around like Chicken Little for the next fifty years. That's what I think. You know, you look at these sports leagues, and you look at these schools. The money they're talking about, it's cost to do this daily, or I, I don't know how often they did it, say, in NCAA basketball, but in the NFL, this daily testing, that is a massive expense. And I just it, maybe it's just because we're still in the middle of it and coming out of this lunatic of a year it was. I can't envision the day where they just stop doing this because you right. know they've taken <clears throat> the stand that one person gets this, one college athlete comes down with COVID, 10,000 grandmothers drop dead in the streets right where they're standing. I, I know I'm being absurd here, and the people who are really into the coronavirus are going to be pissed off at me for saying this, but this is what we've put out there into the ether. How, how does a commissioner, how does a school, how does a conference stand up and say, well, we, we don't have to worry about that anymore? I just can't envision it right now. Well, we saw when it started when the NCAA hadn't done anything right. and conferences were saying, hey, I don't care if we're in the NCAA or not, we're not playing. Yeah. And then another conference says, well, we're not playing either. You know, and other ones might say, well, we are. You know, so I think it's going to be kind of that going back the other way. You know, hey, you know what? This stuff's over. <laughs> this shit's over. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start bringing people into the stadiums or the arena, whatever the case may be. And sooner or later... 
it it'll get back to normal, but but when that I don't is, think it's going to be knows? this coming season. Even no, if I this thing either. you know does what they say, and with the vaccinations, you know by July it's pretty much good. And yet, but I, come I, fall, next season is going to be screwed today up. Today, and I see this headline: the and this is honest to God truth, but this is the headline: the fourth wave of COVID is is pounding the U.S. hard. No shit, I didn't even know there was a third. <laughs> I, well, so that would have meant the third was the one in January, which was pretty gnarly. So what was the second one? I don't know. And we're getting last pounded. summer? I don't know. We're I, getting pounded now? I thought things were good now. Apparently not. Yeah. See, that's the thing. That's the narrative on one, maybe on one source. Well, Another yeah. source is optimistic, so who knows? Florida's getting hammered right now. Post- Are they really getting hammered, or is this that shame on people for going right. outside and hammered a little bit of both because it's post spring break well yeah spring break right so that's well that's what, what i wonder because because some people out there in the sports media the pat 40s of the world the darren Ravels of the world were praying 10 million college students in florida would die so they could have been right yeah look i don't want to be the you know i'm not a science denier you know look i i take it seriously but we've gone too far the other direction as well and it does bother me that there's a segment of not just our population but specifically for me where my mind works our sports media hoping for big waves and hoping for mass deaths amongst you know young communities just so they can say see i told you so which seems to happen a lot well and that's that's the thing there's too much of the see i told you so wannabes out there because they just want to be right and heard and you know what if you're wrong it's not a big deal you know you're wrong more than you're right most time anyway you boobs don't worry about well me certainly well all of us let's face it if you're into any type of prognostication there's very few that's probably a real live guru. Yeah, my after my, all my success in the MAC championship on FanDuel that led to the prize money for for this bracket contest, I've given it all back uh, on the NCAA tournament. I may be wearing a barrel in oh, well, here for well, the next year. Well, you were show. so ashamed of your brackets, you didn't even in uh, even enter them. I in still our group. don't. I still don't know how that happened. I'd be curious what my score is. I may be able to find it. Probably it's four. not. It's not good. I had Illinois winning the thing. Yeah, I, had, I had Purdue in the final four. They went out in the first round. So it's probably best not to know. Probably not. I can. I, I can mean, do. You pro- you probably have it somewhere. Well, yeah, it's yeah. saved on ESPN. Right. It's just not in our. Well, what I don't understand is I accessed the to create the bracket through our link. So why it didn't tie in? That's true. Who knows? In my defense, I had to do it really quick last minute because some rum dumb changed it on us at the very last possible second, I, and I panicked and got in a hurry. You know, it, it kind of reminded me of our. League of Consequence in the, in fantasy football, oh, yes. where the previous commissioner had a site. If you recall, I think in week one, the site that he oh, had I do crashed, <laughs> and, and like we had no idea it, anybody's score for like days. That's it was like the old days where you had to go in the newspaper and add them. What was it? Is when was it Fox Sports came out with their own? It might have been Fox. One of the big companies came out with their own and everybody jumped ship to it and then it just shit the bed week one and it never recovered. Wasn't it Yahoo? It might have been. It was either Yahoo or was Fox. Was it Yahoo? 
I played on Yahoo long before that Fox. league. I'm really thinking think it was Fox. Fox. I'm thinking so too. And I'm to my mind, they still don't have one. I guess they just decided. Well, we tried. Man, yeah, well, everybody's <laughs> we'll, we'll going to NFL or CBS or whatever. Because I always thought Yahoo sucked, but I played in leagues long before. Because right. there was a time when CBS Sports Line that was the good one, right before NFL created theirs and ESPN. There was a CBS Sports Line. And then Yahoo came out. They were about the only two, right. at least the two mainstream ones. And then they started. Remember, they went. It went from free to CBS Sportsline. Went from free to then they oh, charge you one hundred and fifty dollars. And this was fifteen years ago, maybe twenty years ago. They wanted to bang you for one hundred and fifty. Well, bucks. that's why NFL put theirs out because they are the ones that designed CBS's in the first place. Oh, is that a fact? Yes, I didn't know that. It is. And then I guess they weren't getting royalties they like sold it to them mm. just outright so then they made some minor changes got their own said here come on over here it's free but i like what they're doing with the nfl one now you you can just get on and watch live games oh, on beautiful. the on that app like i've watched the steeler it's the in market and the national games i think is what it is and then they have an option too and i'm going to take advantage of this one next year if i can be smart enough to figure out how to make it cast to my tv i've never perfected that technology that you can get the red zone channel for some ridiculously cheap amount through that app and what i do now because i have direct tv the only way you can get the red zone is through the nfl package on direct tv right. that bastard's like four hundred dollars and at first, I was all excited about it. I bought it the first two years and found out I was only watching Red Zone. You know, I have 900 channels of live games on. Right. Never go to them because I'm locked in on yeah, the Red Zone. Red Zone. So what I did, I stopped doing the NFL ticket, and I start. then I pay for Sling $30 a month during football season because it has the Red Zone on it, and it's still cheaper than the NFL. But now this one on the app's even cheaper than that. So I'm gaming the system, buddy. I'm getting after it. Yeah, I've got the YouTube TV, and i got red zone is that part of the you well you can get a little package but it's only like another i don't know what it is like 10 bucks yeah yeah you know something like that so is that so, all you have you don't have cable or anything no i have youtube tv i have um netflix does that drive you insane Hulu? oh no i mean i i like am, for live tv pardon me but for live tv doesn't well, it drive you nuts no youtube is television well, no, thank you i understand but, that but what i'm saying well, is it's live tv until that streaming shit, when I can sit oh, down, you're turn you, on my TV. You don't TV. turn it on in the channel. Doesn't right. Come up. No, it just comes up. Yeah. And then you you just hit the thing, you know, and there's like two or three accounts on there, like my daughter See, and myself. that's insufferable to me. And then you just hit you, and then it comes up to like YouTube TV, and then you just start scrolling through the channels. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I get that. It doesn't drive you, just, you nuts. Yeah. It doesn't drive you insane. No. Or how far behind it lags, like when you're watching live sports. I don't know if you're watching live sports, if it's lagging behind or not, oh, because that's is. all I'm watching. So, I mean, how, you know. Well, don't be on Twitter while you're watching a game. Well, you're going to no. see something happen on Twitter, and then 18 minutes later, it's well, going to show know, up on your TV. There's nothing worse to me than all of these people that are supposed like football fanatics. They get on Twitter and write, Great catch by Antonio Brown. 
Well, all the people he's tweeting to are watching the damn game anyway. So, I mean, why is he, who's he telling? You know who bothers me more? It's the guy, you're supposed to know him so well, you know what game he's watching. And the guy who will just tweet every eight seconds will just say, great run. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. pass. Yeah. Wow, what a sack. <laughs> yeah. First what of a all, defensive struggle. Yeah. First right. of all, I don't know what game you're watching. Second of all, shut care. up. <laughs> yeah. Right. I hate that guy on Twitter. But speaking of the NFL, all right. Let Let's go over this trade that happened Friday, real quick. All right. And it was a, the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Eagles agreed to two separate trades that completely altered the draft. Basically, I don't know if you've seen it. I have. Okay. But for the people that have, and Ollie Hondra, I'm sure, hasn't because no. he was diapering his daughter. San Francisco acquired the number three overall pick from Miami in exchange for the number 12 overall pick, a third round pick in 22, a first round pick in 22, and a first round pick in 23. Wow. That's big for how many? <laughs> nine spots? Well, yeah. I mean, Miami is loading up. Then the Dolphins traded back up to number six with Philadelphia, sending the Eagles their number 12 pick, a fourth rounder, and that 22 first rounder. That apparently one of those two, I don't right. say which one, doesn't matter. But and then they also get back, Miami also gets back a fifth round pick this year. So That's, the it's mean, a wow. huge haul. Yeah, what Miami's doing right. If they don't botch this up, I mean, essentially they turned that Laramie Tunsil trade into nine first-round picks, right. it feels like. Somebody, I've seen it broken down online. Exactly. how Houston feels about that. Houston ought to be <laughs> thrown from the league. They ought to be – what do they call it in soccer when you're not good enough and you go to the lower thing? Uh relegated they ought to be relegated to the xfl i've heard that's coming back or or so that's such an embarrassing uh last couple of seasons they've had so it tells you a couple things right which is interesting Uh, obviously san francisco is going after a quarterback uh fields maybe i I guess fields ran a 4-4 today which he had slid down into the 20s in mock drafts and he ran a 4-4 now he's back up in the top 10 and people think he's going to say you know how i feel about the combine and the draft or everything but you wonder what happens with jimmy g obviously so i actually know i guarantee he's going to new england and here's why because when that when that move was first made and it became obvious all right jimmy g's days are about done in san francisco Everyone, including myself, says, well, he's going back to New England. You know, Belichick let him go very begrudgingly, always viewed him as the next Brady, except Brady wouldn't leave and wouldn't start sucking. <laughs> and wouldn't lose. <laughs> See how disappointingly to Bill Belichick because it messed with his plan. And then immediately, or within 24 hours, the reports come out, New England not expected to be in play for Jimmy Garoppolo, which tells me 1,000% New England is in play for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I I think we see that move. I don't know what Miami's going to do. You assume they're set with with Tua. I think making this move says there was some question. They might go grab another one and try to move Tua by making that move. They're set there. So I don't know what they're looking for at six, if it's one of those wide receivers or or what it is. I mean, who was it they brought in? They brought in a wide receiver through free agency. My mind just went blank. 
Yeah, and I don't. I wanted to say Megatron. Do they but think Pitts will fall to six? Maybe Pitts might be. Um, yeah, that'd be. Yeah, you know, I think a lot hinges also on the Jets. Do they deal Darnold and take a quarterback at number two, or do they go whatever offensive line, something of that nature, to to help Darnold out? I mean, I think that's significant because. You know, I don't, I don't really like the pro day either, but I was watching some of Mac Jones stuff, and, and he went from too small to, to be successful to the number three quarterback in the draft. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn today. And, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I didn't he, see. it was horrible. He's overthrown everybody. I mean, he's all off target. He just looked like Mac Jones, you know, as a freshman, I, I don't know, but it yeah, looks like it, what you would expect an Alabama quarterback, <laughs> right? So, I, I don't know what's going on, but I think a lot of it's going to hinge on what New York does. You know, if they did, right. they were already talking that they're talking about you know getting rid of Darnold, but there hasn't been a whole lot of suitors uh, for him, from what I hear. But who knows. That's it. Will Fuller yes. was that. I kept wanting to say, and then I called a Megatron. Obviously, that was wrong. The now my I got too many wide receivers in my head. That's Calvin Johnson. Kenny Galladay went to New York. I was trying to call him Megatron. He's right. Babytron. He goes to New York. I was trying to put him in Miami. Will Fuller's in Miami. It, it's a whole thing. Up yeah. is down. Will Fuller. Left but the thing, is right. But the thing is, Will Fuller. He's great for those four weeks of the year, but you just got to guess which ones they are. Well, and it was bothering him last year. He didn't get hurt, so he had to get popped on that PED suspension. Right, exactly. or he was in grave. He was getting tired. He was in grave, grave danger of playing 16 games, and he couldn't have that. So, no. But it'll be interesting. The, the Jets, the whole Sam Darnold thing is going to be interesting to see play out. It seems to be me now – you could he could be had for a third round pick. Now he's in the last year of that rookie deal. You're probably gonna have to pay him. I don't know what the market looks like for him. There's a lot of quarterback starved teams. I, I don't know why we started treating third round picks like surefire future Hall of Famers. If I gotta give around a give up a third round, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, if I'm man, Las Vegas, I'm trying to think teams in that kind of realm. How about there. Houston? How about New England? How Houston about you? may not even have a quarterback. Well, yeah, that. Well, they they brought in your boy Tyrod Taylor though, so they're set for years <laughs> oh, and years to true. come, no matter what that. happens yeah. with Deshaun Watson. Exactly. And, and we're going to get into that later. Just a little preview for you guys. I'm going to make it a little bit awkward at the end of the show, but uh, I kind of doubt we'll feel awkward. He might. He's he's the sensitive type. You won't care. I'll be lucky you don't fall asleep <laughs> in the middle of it. I mean, you'll be in your 14th beer by the time we get to that. And so it could. Uh, how long have we been on? Do we need to take a commercial yet? It's only been 15 minutes, hasn't it? Feels like it's been an hour. 36 minutes. How many? It's 36. No kidding. Yeah. Boy, time flies when you're just having a blast. I think it's commercial time, then, All isn't right. it? So uh, let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to – you gave me a little sneak peek that we have heard from our uh, – our favorite golf writer, and I'd like you to uh, hit me to that. So we're, we're going to uh, sell some coffee, and we'll come back with an update on that right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect, no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional 
They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. This might be the only show in the country where the most entertaining part is the commercial breaks because this boob (laughs) cannot figure it out to save his life. Defend yourself. Pass. (laughs) Hard pass. (laughs) No, not a hard pass. Just just a pass. So you you all didn't get to hear this, but before the show, the the little bit of uh, preparation we do for it is... Extensive. Yes. It is extensive. Because as anybody who's been listening from the beginning of Chaos and Disorder has heard, he certainly cannot handle running the the bed music in and out and do the commercial at the same time. That's been complete and utter failure. Accurate. And so there was a discussion then, so as always, as the talent, I stepped up to save the day again. I picked up my cape from the from the laundromat, thank you very much, and said, all right, you just do one. You pick the one you can handle best, and I'll take care of the other. And so for a couple weeks, that went relatively, relatively well. Relatively smoothly. As yeah. I handled the bed music, and he hit the commercial. Well, today he's feeling it. He says, you know what? And here's my favorite part. He goes, it's much simpler for me, and you'll recall this, Rick. Yep, 100%. It's much simpler for me to fade the music in and out than it is for you, so you much. run the commercial. Much. So as you heard going into the commercial, that was a pretty good fade. That was a fade. Here, I'm going to fade myself. I'm talented. I'm like a voice actor. I'm going to fade myself the way faded me that was his fade just hard stop (laughs) and then he decided you know what i want to do over so he pods the music back up so he can fade it in the middle of the damn commercial what was that i don't actually know that it came through that way it came through my headphones Hmm, interesting so unless you have some magical send only to my headphones and i know you're dumb i heard it too so i guess he was just there's actually a button over there for that but there is no way you know what that is or nor am i ever going to let you touch it black one right here don't touch that The whole the whole studio will explode. So I am very much looking forward to the next commercial break. So yes. we, we, you you get that that's a nice part. You always get a second chance. Keep keep swinging. Shoot or shoot, <laughs> shoot or shoot, or I almost called him up by his religion again. Shoot or shoot, Finkelstein. So keep shooting. You remember the last time the Pens won a Stanley Cup? A few years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When they just blasted pucks at the net. Yeah. That's yes. what you're doing. So eventually one's going to trickle yep. in is what you're saying. Yep, well, that's that's how I roll. Let's hope Which so. Which, if you watch hockey, most of the good teams that win the Stanley Cup, that's what they do. Right. right. Get the rubber towards the net and see what mm-hmm. happens. The Penguins, the last few – of course, they're, they're rolling right now. But you know, the last few years, they've been insufferable waiting for that perfect shot and then they turn it over and give up a shorthanded goal or whatever the case may be boy it's been their undoing but i tell you what they've been playing some pretty good hockey 
You know what I worry? I, I still don't know how they have like six games in hand on Boston. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. Did Boston have a COVID pause or something? So I got a feeling they could go with, we're going to think they're fine. And then those other six games will come. And of course, Boston won't lose them. <laughs> so. But Pittsburgh, as long as they keep winning, they're, well, they're going to be okay. Yeah, but that's hey, all you got to do. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I've got, before we get to one of the favorite segments that we have, is when our, our favorite journalist, Kyle Porter, Kyle Porter puts I, out an extravaganza of excitement. Oh, an extravaganza <laughs> of excitement, you I'm say. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a quiz. Oh, all right. It's I, a I don't do well on WWE quiz. Oh, okay. Are you ready, Alejandro? Go. Okay, now I have the top eight False. here. So, yeah. but but the question is, what wrestler has won the most matches as WWE champion? What wrestler has won the most matches as W? Yeah, which means they have to be champion for these wins okay. to count. So it's somebody relatively recent is going to be my guess because. In my younger days, you only saw the champion, say, a Hulk Hogan once a month on Saturday night main event and on pay-per-views. Otherwise, he didn't actually wrestle, unless they're counting house shows. I know it was different back then. I'm sure house shows do count because the the totals are quite high. It's not just television oh. victories. Ah. Specify as far as WWE champion, because they have 57 different belts now. Perhaps the no, champion. No, the world champion. Okay. WWE okay. champion. See, that might be a tell because Mr. Briggs is unaware that there's now a Raw and SmackDown Correct. champion. Well, yeah, but see, that is a bit of a tell because it, it it is not, you know, being the Raw champion isn't world champion. It's the W. It they still now. have a WWE title, though. See, that's the thing. No, think. they have the Universal and then they have, yeah. I well, forget what, SmackDown's. Ends. So that yeah, is that a, one's that is the actual WWE heavyweight champion, the other's the Universal. I don't remember yeah, right. which brand belongs so, to So win. that is a tell. You have to go to the WWE World Championship. Because I still only tune in for the six minutes a week where uh, the <laughs> Fiend and Alexa Bliss yeah, are Alexa harassing Brad, yeah. Randy Orton. I'm going to go spoiler alert. I heard that uh, Bray's brother showed up. Are they postulating that was his brother? Yeah, that was Bo Dallas. Also, it wasn't even Bray in the correct in the burn up suit. Did you did you see this? Oh yes, that was so good. He just stayed there and his arms up. Yeah, oh, that that was fun. It's... Anyways, I'm going CM Punk because uh... I think that was before Universal. I'm going to go. Actually, we just mentioned his name, so this okay might... for Alejandro. Ooh. I'm going to go, I just said his name, just based on the number of titles he's had. I'm going to go with Randy Orton. Hmm. You only had to push it three times that time. Twice. That wasn't too bad. Who's, who's, I, I, are I, we in the I right air? I will give era? you a ding ding if you hit one of the top eight. Oh. One of the top eight? Yes. Undertaker. Or he won't. <laughs> John Cena? Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think of Cena. Okay. Number four. Oh. With 298 victories as WWE champion. That's a good pull. I didn't think of him. He had that title for a long time. Because it's got to be somebody in the Raw. Most of right. these guys have to be in the Raw era, I would think, with them being on and fighting every single week. 
Stone Cold. You also have to remember, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you guys out, you know, it, it does cover some eras. I mean, remember, they used to wrestle 300 days yeah. out of the year in these – you know, these house shows counted. Well, so. then Ric Flair has to be in there because he he was a champion for about 40 years. No. No. Well, no he's NWA, you know, right. in WCW. See, he wasn't. Oh, if, this is strictly a Bruno. WWE. Right, okay. yes. Bruno. Number three. Oh, 434 wow. victories. So there was two guys more than that. Mm-hmm. And CM Punk still holds the record, I think, for longest title reign really oh i don't think i so. didn't know i wasn't watching it all bruno held it forever well he i'm pretty sure that's it i'm looking it up um i think that was one of the things going back to your comment about um wwe wanting somebody that is pure promotion wwe and they put it on punk for well over a year as a full-time wrestler asterisk Brock Lesnar having it for like 12 years. Yeah, and never actually wrestling. Uh, I don't want to look it up because that might give yeah. away something. Yeah. Um, I'll give you guys a couple more guesses so we don't spend too much time yeah. on this. Yeah, I'm getting bored already. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess Hulk Hogan. I mean, just based on as long as he had the title. Number two. Oh, 497 okay. wins. So we're getting closer. Did you ever respond to his Stone Cold answer? Yeah, he said no. I didn't hear him. Yeah. Oh, so I thought you Cold. had no. Oh, maybe I did. I'm sorry. It, it, right. No, so no, that, Stone that's Cold's not up no. there now. All right, give me era here for number one. Before oh, our time. I'm going to say probably late 70s uh, into the 80s. Yeah, see, I'm out. I'd say Andre, but I don't think that's right. No. Bob Backlund. Uh, 504. Yes. Hulk, Hulk's number two. Bruno's three. Cena's four. Bret Hart, number five. I was going to guess him, mm, too. 240. Macho Man, number six at 157. That was his only one, wasn't it? Well, He only WWE, had the belt one time. Yeah. Um, AJ Styles, 153. And oh. Pedro Morales at 148. I'd have never got to AJ Styles. I didn't think he had won. No, I didn't either. That's... I knew he'd had it at various right. times, but but all these guys now, even if they have the belt, are wrestling every week. So yeah, but the thing is, they only keep it for a month or so. Well, that's the yeah, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah, that thing changes hands twice an episode. But anyway, let's switch to golf. Ah, uh, yes. We're our favorite journalist with yeah. an extravaganza of excitement yet again, <laughs> as he slurps on yet another golf. Oh, he's got a new bow, huh? Yes, he does. Bryson D. Shambow. Oh, man, you're going to No, ruin it. no, no. There. This is unacceptable. Now, this is, there goes this is nothing oh. but sheer excitement oh. and thrills in this whole article. Oh, he, okay. he does not hold a candle. <laughs> Bryson D. Shambow may not break Augusta National, but he could reveal some cracks in golf. Oh, That's the title. Wow. Oh, okay, I'm listening. I'm just going to read this. Yeah, this, I this think is a you, great yeah, read. You can't do it justice. You need to just read it. There are a handful of specific and hotly contested debates in the golf world right now that have yet to reach a decisive endpoint. Naturally, the most disruptive player in the sport since Tiger Woods seems to encompass them all. Oh. 
when Bryson DeChambeau claimed last fall that Augusta National Golf Club played as a par 68 for him. He intentionally corked the pressure chamber you have to live in when it comes to golf's most prestigious event. In doing so, he also enraged a certain subsection of golf fans. By lowering his ostensible average score, he raised expectations for the rest of his career <laughs> when it comes to performing at a place where, to date, he has yet to perform that well. Following a bizarre tied for 34th, why is it bizarre? It was Augusta National. Yeah, yeah. Following a bizarre tie for 34th in which he said he was dizzy <laughs> and possibly even a bit constipated. <laughs> What? <laughs> I remember the dizzy. I don't remember there the constipation. There are questions going to be at this year's <laughs> Masters. Most notable among them is whether the man who's trying to crack the code of everything he looks at can possibly do so at the old nursery in Augusta, Georgia, where the magic may run even stronger than his will to be the best player in a generation full of great ones. Oh, wow. He's going to be the best player in a generation. Here is a non-exhaustive list of peculiar traits about DeChambeau on the golf course that have at least raised an eyebrow or two about whether he's upending the natural order of golf oh, no. and oh, no. its future. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. He studies Green's books like Bible scholars study ancient <laughs> scrolls. <laughs> yes! He locks his arm onto his putter a move Rory McIlroy noted after the U.S. Open. Hell yeah. <laughs> he, he is trying to live at 200 miles an hour with his ball speed off the tee. Ooh. He carries long irons just in case. Oh, just, just in case. He is presumably trying to eliminate hitting long irons. I'm a bad man. He plays clubs that are all the same length. No. He is taking heretofore unfathomable lines with his driver. Wait, wait, let's say that again. Heretofore yes. unfathomable he, lines. He is taking heretofore unfathomable lines with Hence his driver. Forth, forth with. No, there's no width in it. Heretofore. <sighs> He has forced the PGA Tour to put internal out-of-bounds into play at multiple events. Ooh, eternal out-of-bounds. Internal. Like, oh, internal. I'm sorry. Damn it. Can eternal. I like eternal. Can DeChambeau yeah. overturn Augusta National with this skill set? And if so, will he upend the sport in the process? Oh, he's going to ruin it. He's going to end golf. If Your bun's going to end golf. If DeChambeau winning action. the U.S. Open at Wingfoot was an inflection point after which the USGA and RNA made their strongest joint statement to date about reigning in the equipment arms race, then what manner of debate and rhetoric be engendered by him shooting 22 under at Masters and winning by seven? I'm just about that action, boss. <laughs> Green reading books are famously not allowed at Augusta <gasps> National, and that's one theory about why DeChambeau's best finish at a Masters in four attempts remains the tie for 21st. He notched as an amateur in 2016. He claims to be unaffected by this reality, but the actual data says this is not true. Let's put him on the board. Kaushima <laughs> Got it. Championship. Quoting. 
Growing up in college, we didn't have Green's books, and I played well then, said DeJambo. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. I've played well here the last it couple of years matter. and gotten pretty comfortable with the Greens. It is another aspect of it, but at the end of the day, I still go based off of my intuition most of the time. What? DeJambo doesn't sound like that. <laughs> you I go, okay, I think it looks a little like this. End of quote. <sighs> The times were... Didn't sound like him. <laughs> what? That was a terrible D. Shambo impression. I don't care. <laughs> Continuing the quote, the times where I've putted best have been where my intuition is That's matched better. up with reality and what is actually doing because sometimes they can be wrong. <laughs> the Greens books can be wrong, and that's what I putted my best. Like at Wingfoot, those greens and slopes, there's no way I could average out all those slopes in the book. End of quote. Another theory is that, I cannot believe I'm saying this, Augusta oh. National is actually too easy for him. Oh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn it, Kyle! Damn it, damn it, damn it! Yeah. His last two wins have come at nasty setups with tough rough that exacerb- exacerbates his strength advantage because he's able to slice through it at rates of speed other players cannot and with shorter irons than anyone else plays. There's another world in which Augusta is actually too short for him. Again, that sounds insane, but consider what he said after last year's disappointing finish. Do it right. Quoting again. We're going to try and work a golf ball that That's will fit in a little better it. with my wedges, said DeChambeau. This week, I'd hit wedges in. On one, <laughs> I hit one, and it spun 30 feet back and off the green. I can't hit anything less than what I did. It was a 110-yard shot, and I took it back halfway and threw and went through, and it spun back 30 feet. I've got to work on some ball stuff. <laughs> I... I've gone There's through. the show title. <laughs> <laughs> Ball stuff. I've gone through the whole club Gotta work scenario. on it. That's as much as I can do there, so hopefully we can come up with a ball that will do some more things that will be helpful. End quote. Things and stuff. This is why I like him. <laughs> Half the on-course characteristics that DeChambeau employs may either be illegal or impossible 20 years from now, and somewhat ironically, DeChambeau winning a Masters may accelerate them into extinction. Oh, no. The, the Augusta's going away because of DeChambeau? <laughs> Some of the stuff that he does, like carrying long irons, apparently. Ugh. But that begs the question. It always begs a question. It does beg Kyle a question, Porter. yeah. Kyle Porter doesn't answer any questions. He begs <laughs> Can the he actually win a Masters? Based on what he's been able to do and how Augusta sets up for him, it seems like an inevitability. However, you could create a Hall of Fame filled with golfers for whom a green jacket appeared an inevitability that never actually hung one in their closet. I do hope DeChambeau can tame the magic running through that place, though. I hope he can redirect whatever it is about Augusta that makes you feel like you are outside of your own body into a weekend run that no one will ever forget. I hope he brings number 13 to his knees and in a moment of pure hubris tries to drive the 18th green. Here's why. Oh, God, he goes on. <laughs> Almost done. Let's go. Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> winning Augusta National remains the most combustible scenario in the game. 
and thus one worthy of our rooting interest. For all the chatter about the big boy trying to break everything he sees, winning Augusta dramatically and by a wide margin, would reverberate up and down the sport for decades. Decades, decades, decades. Because he's innovative and brash and loud. A win at Augusta National might not break Bobby Jones's and Clifford Roberts' crown jewel, but it might do something more important. It might reveal that the sport of golf and its trajectory is currently constructed has already been broken. When, boys? When? I told Are you, you the extravaganza of excitement. The, the, wow. Just, just This guy wow. is a kook. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just as simple as that. Let me surmise. Yeah, I don't. I don't like your horny whisper over there. No, I don't what, like the sexual. You prefer that? How would Bryce, you prefer that? His over... reading style is worth it to me. He could read the phone book. That's if he true. Read it That's like true. That. That's true. And, and I wish, as much as I never want to go video, this is where I wish because if you could just see the the gesticulation <laughs> as he's reading this. Combined with the, all, the the disgust on his face while he's doing it, it's, it's tremendous. It's an extravagance of excitement. As why, pathetic as it is. Why in God's name, other than guys, all, some of these old heads, why would this be the end of golf as we know it if Bryson DeChambeau won the freaking Masters? I mean, is DeChambeau really the first guy who tried to win just by hitting it further than everybody else? I mean, Tiger Woods, the only difference there is that's what Tiger Woods did. Remember, Tiger, we've Tiger-proof courses all over America. It's just that he had a good short game, too. Right. I mean, what, what are you talking about here? I actually watched a video on YouTube just the other day, and I, I can't remember the pro's name. He's a pro golfer. He was at Baldus Roll with the club champion and I think the club pro, you know. They were recreating the one iron that Jack Nicholas hit in the U.S. Open in 67 from 240 some odd yards out from, you know, on this one hole. I forget the hole. And they had the exact model of the Jack Nicholas, you know, the one iron that he used. Okay. But they had modern golf balls, and they made this clear. He says, you know, he used some Blotta Titleist. These guys hit balls. They were like 40 yards short, oh. you know, with that stuff. He goes, that's why Jack's Jack. Well, that's why Tiger was Tiger. Right. I mean, because no matter you that you have equipment improvements, they're still the same for everybody in that era. And that's why Hogan was Hogan. Jack was Jack. You know, Tiger was Tiger. Yeah, DeChambeau is long. Do you remember 20 years ago, nobody could come close to John Daly. Oh, yeah. Come, we'd they never couldn't see, come close to him. We'd never and seen anything. And if he was sober with... now, he'd probably be pretty close <laughs> to DeChambeau. Just think but, of what you could do if you were sober now. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to read it that straight Well, that's faced. true. That's true. That was – so you, it's the alcohol that makes you such a, a cunning orator then is what you're saying. <laughs> No, it keeps me from just breaking into hysterical laughter reading this shit. Well, and this guy is supposedly a knowledgeable golf writer, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, he even I is. know. I'm an idiot. I've watched four golf, maybe five golf tournaments a year. That's the allure, other than the aesthetics of it. That's the allure of Augusta. It is the one track in America you can't just go in and overpower. And everybody right. who's watched 15 minutes of the golf in their life knows that. So this doesn't blow up the establishment if it wins. If anything, it means it shows wow, he can evolve into whatever player he needs to be because if he goes in and just tries to overpower Augusta, we he's, know what's going to happen. He'll be tied for 21st right, or yeah. 30th again Th- like, is, like he has been. This is why it happened. It's not because he can't study right. his green book like the Bible or whatever this dickhead said. <laughs> yeah. That's not what it is. That's not how you can play Augusta. And no. everybody knows it. it, it great great reading and i love the douchery of it but that is the stupidest most pointless article ever written i i agree it, it was it, it, it shows a lack of a base guy, knowledge of the masters the thing about this guy is he goes from severe slurpage from player to player oh, yeah week after week i mean it's not even like season after season you yeah. know you know, it takes a year. It's like this week, this guy, Jordan Speeth. I mean, this is like the third article. Yeah, it was in a Tiger month. and then Speeth, and now yeah, now it's DeChambeau. Yeah. So as far as the Masters go, let's let's do some some betting here. Would you rather seven dollars? Would you rather Four. take DeChambeau? Gross. Give me D- Dustin Johnson. Hang on, I'm going to give you three: Jordan Speeth or Morikawa. Speeth. Speeth. Jordan Spieth is plus twelve hundred on FanDuel. DeChambeau is nine hundred. Okay. I'm going more at Cower at twenty two hundred. Oh, you didn't give us the odds. I mean, if you're if we're betting, I yeah. might yeah, I might go for the twenty two hundred. And but- I, I'd honestly think this may be Spieth's tournament, and here's why. He has been so painstakingly close several times this year. Where all of this fell apart was at Augusta on what was that on a Sunday where he just what hole was it where he just kept dumping and he had his tin cup moment he just and that's where right. it never came back so it just feels like it all comes together with this no tiger I I think it's almost a guarantee he wins I actually I may get on the Fanduel and, and take that plus twelve hundred well, for that thing, reason here's one thing to bear in mind now he didn't play in seventeen I think he might might have been injured or whatever. Dustin Johnson, 2015, tied for 6th, 16, tied for 4th, 18, tied for 10th, 19, tied for 2nd. That guy can play Augusta. You think if he wasn't such a dud of a personality, we'd be talking about him more as one of the greatest of all time? I I think when you look at his results... He, he could be in that. I don't want to be you know, everything that's happening now is the greatest that ever happened. That's not what I'm saying, but he could be in oh, that yeah. conversation. But I think his, he is such a dolt, just such a lack of personality. Yeah, you you go, don't think of him in those You go regards. back 30 years, and it's Nick Faldo all, all over again. I mean, he was considered a freaking robot. He won like three Masters, two or three British Opens. You know, I mean, the guy was, for a few years – People didn't think he was human. Right. I mean, he just, you know, he never faltered. He just never got rattled. And, yeah, Dustin Johnson's a lot like that. He, he, there's no flamboyance. There's really no. no personality. You don't get the fist pump. I mean, right. I, I still argue, you know, 
number one golf greatness, but number two, that fist pump is what made Tiger Woods a multi-billionaire. Just that personality that you didn't always have in golf. And Dustin Johnson, he could make that 30-foot putt to win the Masters, and he wouldn't even react. He'd do the hat tip and off Tiger of his hot Woods wife came, into the clubhouse. Tiger, Tiger Woods came at the perfect time at the end of basically what that quote-unquote golden era when all those guys were getting right. old. And everybody was a dollard. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Tiger came out. I was like, wow. Okay, we can root for this guy. Yeah. You know, because he had emotion. I mean, he came across as a douche at times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he's but he was fiery. He was always, you know, he, he could be angry at times. He could be mopey. He could be happy, ecstatic. But it was always something. Right. Instead of just this, like yeah. you said, I mean, like they're, they're like that cartoon droopy, that little doggy, you know what? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a good impression. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember what droopy sounded like, but like I have that. to think it was that. But Brooks Kepka's the same way, right? He's just a block of wood is all he right. is. Again, great golfer, tremendous, but just a dud, just a zero. No doubt. All right. Well, we take a break. Yeah, huh? I think we ought to uh, hear from the chop shop here. So I'm going to let him get ready. Let's see. I'm going to give him lots of time. There it is. All right. So then I'm going to say something. I'm going to hit the commercial, and then you're going to fade the music. And then you're not going to play it again until the commercial's over, not in the middle of it. We'll be right right back. So just hold on. We want to give him lots of time. So we're going to take a break here, here from the Chop Shop. Is it a beer break? Sure. Okay, cool. And I'm going to make it a little bit awkward up here in the studios when we are back right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com, or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania, and tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. You, you can't. We make, have to get video. There's just no getting around it. So, after that lengthy discussion, this is a great we, guitar solo. Hang on. All right, go ahead. At Rival Lovers on Twitter. Indeed. Great fade once again. Oh, yeah, I wasn't doing a fade after fade. that. That was beautiful. I like that. So once again, I, I gave the him. Song just ended, right? Correct me if <laughs> I'm wrong. That's how it ends. I gave explicit instructions on how this was going to go. He was going to play the music. I was going to hit the commercial, and he was going to fade the music at, at such time as I played the commercial. What did he do? He played the music. I pushed the commercial button, I got and he got up and walked away. I he asked, did not take into account he was out of beer. I specifically asked, beer break. You said yes. Well, I assume no, you knew that meant break. after you fade. <laughs> beer break. You do. I guess once he calls beer break, nothing else matters. Wait, are you calling, well, one thing are you I calling say, for another beer break? Yeah, please. One thing I can say, Alejandro, if Flieger is going to make it uncomfortable more than Kyle Porter just did, th- this ought to be good. 
Well, it's not going to be good. It just might be <laughs> awkward. Like I said, not to you, but he's a bit of a sensitive Sally type. Well, and so yeah. what's going to happen? He's going to take this as a personal attack, and like a real one, not the these other things we do. I don't know if I have music for this. I don't think you need music okay. for it. But we'll, we'll see how it evolves. So... So when we started the show, Rick, the, any show, I always start kind of with the same speech, but this one specifically, you know, I do this, right? This dumb podcast in this broke dick studio with you two it's morons. It's a nice studio. Well, it is a nice studio. Only because since I was a kid, and it's weird, since I was a kid, I just loved talk radio. You know, everybody else, you know, locally, if Me you're, too, if you're yep. in the local area, everybody was listening to B94 and... 105.98, not me. I was listening to freaking KDKA. Moses did. I didn't understand or didn't care about. I just liked talk radio. Right. Rush Limbaugh, I'd drive around and listen to him just because it was talk radio. I, again, 90% of the time, I didn't know or care what he was talking about. Do you remember the sports babe? You remember her? No, I don't. Oh, I remember okay. Thor Tolo on KDKA. Yeah. That was my first... Uh, indoctrination into sports talk radio. And then Howard Stern comes along and you know, most people, and I among them, listen to Howard Stern, number one, because of the porn stars and the Sibian and what teenage boy didn't like that. But I just like the interviews, the, the talk radio, the sit around, the, the honest talk, just guys sitting yeah. around talking about stuff honestly. And then, you know, it goes into, you know, later on with, with Don and Mike and Opie and Anthony and Big O and Dukes and, and now kind of what I'd like to model this show off of the sports junkies where it's loosely a sports show, but they, they just talk about right. it. I mean, this is just what I, it's such a nerdy thing. I guess I'm a radio file and I love it. And that's why I like doing this because we can just get in here three awful human beings and two really bad human beings being you and I. <laughs> But but what I was well, like getting a lot of credit, Ollie Hawk. But what or I was, no, even less credit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't even count as a bad person. You know, <laughs> nice, you're just sort of, sort he's, of. Around. He's so nice, but yeah. And I think that's why we had success early on. For for those of you who don't know, if you haven't listened since the beginning, you know, Briggs and I started out doing fantasy football back. Really before fantasy football, especially podcasts, you know, broke out into the mainstream and it became the domain of the nerd. We had a lot of success. It was like you and Mark Marin. Maybe. Yeah, maybe Joe Rogan. Right. Yeah. I, I put ourselves on that level, yeah. certainly. So, so you know, and we, we started out there and we did really well. But what we did it was, you know, a lot of fantasy talk. But a lot of just this horse shit you hear here every day now. And there was an audience for it. it the, the story I always remember, I love telling this story, is we get so comfortable. You know, this isn't put on. This is how we talk to each other. And that, that's what I like about this medium, how two guys talk. Do you remember that episode? And you just sat there and ate a bag of chips. <laughs> Through the crunching yep. into the mic, and I was hungry. It didn't dawn on either one of us that perhaps that shouldn't be happening during a recorded broadcast, just because that's how. But in my mind, that says how real the talk was. We don't even think about stuff like that, and so then as the as the nerds took over and it became all about analysis and the daily fantasy come in, we got squeezed out. So I think this is kind of the the perfect scenario for us. So I, I say all that to say this. So last week. All right. We did a uh, a segment you didn't hear. Right. We did a segment exactly. about the Deshaun. I noticed that. We did a segment about the Deshaun Watson situation. It was 
not PC, I guess. I don't think it was inappropriate, but it didn't fall into whatever 23-year-old liberal arts majors would consider PC now. I think it was an honest conversation between two guys, one dullard and one angry old man still seeing the world through his 1968 lens, <laughs> and had a conversation. I, I'm quite offended now. So, I am woke, re- realize well, that. apparently not. So <laughs> well, I woke up this morning. I'm going yeah, to bed pretty soon. It, at but. this point, if you woke up this morning, is pretty much the standard of success gotcha. that, that, you, that you need to have. I, I will give you that. So I, I think we kind of asked some questions. I don't think we said much definitively, but we asked some questions that just an average guy would ask, said some things that an average guy would be wondering and thinking about. And so after the show, you know, we kind of had the discussion. Everybody's buttholes were a little tight afterwards. You know, should, should we air this? Should we put that out there? Is this going to get us canceled? And And we, you know, tentatively, loosely decided it was worth putting out there. And then Finkelstein and I uh, did the did the text thing or the tweet thing or I don't remember what we were talking text. on. And, and Finkelstein apparently on his ride home from the studio, his butthole got really tight and decided that it might not be such a good idea. Now, I deferred to him because I'm so dumb. I'd listened back to the whole thing and I didn't hear anything that was offensive. But that doesn't mean something maybe. And I was frankly quite shocked that it wasn't. I wasn't privy to your conversation, and when I did listen to the show... To be fair, it was 9.30, so there would have been no way to include you in that conversation. But my point is, I was shocked that it was not included. Yeah, yeah, so... So decided with with the conversation being in the this day and age, and if we wanted to have sponsors and grow, we can't have conversations like this. So it, it got me to thinking, who are we? Meaning... Are, are we going to bow to this? Is is this who we're going to be? That, that we can't sit around and have an honest conversation? What's the line? You know, are we trying to... What separates us as two cretins, awful, horrific human beings that, as far as entertainment, if we have to bring it down to what all these 23-year-old green-haired kids think about what we're allowed to say, what do we offer? We don't have a specialty. We are three guys sitting around talking like three guys talk, which is what I like. How far do we get down this rabbit hole where we let these conversations be limited and taken away? And I got to be honest, it's been bugging me all week. Not necessarily that that we made that decision and that, you know, I'm not picking on Finkelstein here because I, we, you know, I kind of went his way. But I honestly wonder, what's that line? And if we're not going to tow that line or jump over it, what is it? Who are we? What the hell are we doing here? If you could stop texting for a minute and be a part of the conversation. Well, I mean, I was listening to everything you said. I was I was covering some bases for the show and in future um, you know endeavors. But no, I agree with you a hundred percent. I look, I'm I told you I was shocked that it wasn't part of the show, and I listened to it because you know it was late. It was my bedtime, and mm-hmm. I wasn't privy to the conversation. Right. Again, anything that happens <laughs> after nine p.m., we just right. We just leave. So you <laughs> exactly, but. No, I, I agree with you. I know who I am. I am a grumpy old man that has a, that has a a view of the world that is probably different than you know what you just mentioned. But to your point, nothing was said that was 
offensive or despairing. They were just honest questions. That's what I thought. Simple as that. So are, I guess, are we that show that doesn't have that conversation? So the ball's in your court. I get it. I, I like you finding that off-ramp where this has got nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm I was sleeping soundly. Well, that, that's true. Again, it, it was after 9 p.m. Here's the thing that bugs me with this, to where, at the end, it was probably the right decision, right? Again, we didn't say anything I would consider offensive, but... Me saying this is a pen is, in all likelihood, is offensive to someone, even though, you know, it's a pen. Is pen okay to say? Can you confirm this? It's kosher. All right. Is kosher kosher? Uh, I got you there. Gotcha. 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 It is okay. You can't say okay anymore. Yeah. Because here's my problem with it. Intent means nothing anymore. You can't have, you know, even debate is offensive. It used to be the debate to determine if something tangible was offensive or not kosher, since apparently we're allowed to say that. Here's the thing, you know, if people heard this, I said nothing that was, you know, what what are the words, misogynistic, sexist, racist, anything like that. Neither did you, and even at your advanced age, that's impressive that for the most part... But here's the thing. Here's what bothers me. I didn't not say that. That's pretty good grammar there, right? But it's the only way. I, I didn't not say something. It's a double of, negative. But that's what you have to do in 2020 slash 2021. What? What? Say double negative? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Say I have to or it'll be a. But if you didn't not say something, that means you actually did say something. That's fair. So how do I say this? I didn't say. You're in a loop. I... I don't not nah. not no never. Let let me finish this. Okay. And see if it makes sense to All you. Right. But now you're in my head. I don't <laughs> not I do. say offensive things on the air because I don't want them recorded and I don't want people hearing them. It's because for all the awful things I say and all the the hideous human being I am, I don't say things like that in general. So it's not something I have to think about. No, that's true. It's not that I don't say racist things on the air because I could get canceled because of it. It's because I don't say racist things, or at least what is traditionally construed as all these things you're not supposed to do. You know, I think you can ask the question. I I think you can have a conversation. And and what worries me, I I don't want to overblow this. I shouldn't say it worries me. Ultimately, we'll, we'll do whatever we want it it is good to be smart about things and i get that you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but if you try to hurt nobody's feelings we we couldn't get a show on the air but you know what i really wonder if you really take it out and we start bowing to the knee of the the 23 year old liberal arts majors what are we left to talk about? Sports scores? I mean, what, what can we even talk right. about? There's no reason to listen to us. There's 8 billion shows out there on TV, on the radio, on the internet, on the podcast, doing just that. What sets us apart? We can't do fantasy football anymore because I refuse to look at numbers and you won't stop eating chips. So we can't do that. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know what we have left if we're not a place for true, honest conversation. Let me put in a previous 
cheese, though. I will stop eating chips if it's if they're not honey barbecue. Is that what those chips were? They were good. You know what I recently <laughs> discovered? <laughs> okay, this is why it's chaos and disorder. <laughs> I get there's the chili something Doritos chili. Oh, sweet chili, sweet yeah. chili. I thought they would be awful. Might be the greatest thing I ever ate really? in my life. Yeah. Wow, I haven't had them. I have to try. Them. I'm behind on a lot of these things. I just discovered uh, flaming hot Cheetos. Big fan. I can you only know, have them in limited bursts. But. I'm one of those kind of guys i'm slow to jump into the new flavor like no shocker you're slow to adapt to something no seriously i mean like if i like you know like i love cheese doodles you know i mean you know those puffy cheese i mean that is a classic so when they say okay there's going to be a whatever jalapeno barbecue cheese i'm like you know, I mean, this is already perfect. Put some squid in there, though. Them yeah, well, boys, you'd be all I mean, over. That's, that's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I, I know what you're saying. It, it's um, it, it's t- look. We asked. All we did was ask honest questions last week, and you know, I'm sure I can guess which of the two of you decided to take it out. <laughs> that'd so, be me. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be you. Um. But you're right. There was, there's no, because look, I mean, we are, we're horrible human beings. True, very. But we true. aren't racist. No. We aren't. We just, we just are down and dirty and simple. Simple's a really good word. Ex- extremely simple, and you know, if a question needs to be asked, why not ask it? It, because look, it's kind of like. It's kind of like a question only gets to you. Say, for example, you stole my wallet, okay, just, just right. out of the blue. Right. Okay, you stole my wallet. Okay. And I walk in here and I say, you know, my wallet was on that desk. Alejandro, did you take it? No, why? See, that question doesn't bother him because he's truthful. But see, if you're trying to hide it, say you ah, took it. I see where you're you know, going. Did you take my wallet? Why would you ask me that? Why would you that? accuse me exactly. of that, you old See, piece of crap? See, that's where yeah. people get annoyed. You be because actually there's something being questioned and that they don't like. And I'll, I'll throw it out there. There are a, there is a segment of the population out there that already wants him hung out to dry and never be employed again. Oh, certainly. And there's another section out there that say all these girls are lying. Right. Okay. Right. Well, all we're doing is asking simple questions yeah. to, uh, to, to try to figure out what it is. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. And, and I don't think we should stop doing that. You know what? And I get it. You know, as we try to grow this thing and especially try to bring on advertisers, I know companies are jumpy. But when are, can we be the bastion? Can I be the first to say to everybody in just listening or potential advertisers or current, social media ain't real life. What they define as a backlash, 5,000 people bitching about something on Twitter, ain't real life. These people weren't going to consume your product to begin with. These people are just looking for the next one. Within an hour, they will forget about you. And how many... You know, if even a hundred thousand people on Twitter are pissed off about something, how many people are in this country? How many people are in this world? I just, I, I know you're trying to thread a needle here. I get it, right? But I, I just, I don't want us to get to the side where we we get paralyzed 
by, and I know this sound, I'm picking something to bitch about where I spend half this show talking about porn and, and your alcoholism and his, you know, notorious, you know, hallucinate, hallucinogenic drug use. So it, it's not that we've gone completely Pollyannish here. how he smiled about that. Yeah. He's very proud yeah, of that yeah, He's not, he doesn't deny it. No I, denying. So I, I, I just, agree. And I, I, I don't. I did it, and I thought nothing of it. I thought he was right, and it really and it stuck in my craw all week. And I got a big craw, and it was just stuck in there. And I, I just wanted and you to know throw I it do. Out. Well, yeah. And I just, I, I just wanted to throw it out there. I, I agree, and yeah. I don't think that we should back off from anything that is just honest, simplistic asking. You know, right. trying to get to something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, to the point I think we both made, nothing deliberately, certainly no. offensive is going to be said, you know. Ever. Cert- I because, mean, because I don't say it in real life. I don't no. feel it. And I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be hemmed in. You know, if I'm pull, working for corporate radio, remember when we used to thought that would happen, right? We'd turn this into a job at a radio station, and we'd be yeah. set. Then I, I every can be, boy can be president. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another song where or another show where he sings. Yeah, it's it's every week. I like that. Maybe it's just its own segment. I think so. But but you know there. But but here, this is us. This is ours. I don't want to have the tethers on. I, I really don't. I but, don't either. But, I agree. 100%. But it, it's also good to have somebody who's, who's a uh, yeah. Well, I don't know about a buffer. You know, he's well, who's pl- who's plugged into a damper. The, you Are know. you just hyper? You know how like you you take like a big. Well, you're going to get your damper zinging. Go ahead. <laughs> nope. nope. Like, like you know how if you got a big ball of toilet paper. Okay. Okay. <laughs> three ply. Three ply. That's put, what I'm talking about. <laughs> and put it over the microphones. Right. Okay. And, uh, that's what he is. All right. Okay. Do we need that? Apparently, Can we go to one ply. According to him, oh Scott, that's what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, the old about. cheap Scott oh, stuff, oh, yeah. <laughs> like sandpaper. Oh yeah, man. that one, that was. Bad. Hey, we're gonna give you guys a quick quiz. Another quiz before we're out oh. of here. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even prepare. Only two times because they're talking about this year. There could be a possibility of the first three picks going quarterbacks. Okay. Since 1971, only two times has that ever happened. Okay. Oh, boy, you're going to make me think back now. You know how much I hate the draft, too, but I probably should know this. You probably won't get it, but you will remember them. I mean, maybe not the first one. The first one was actually 1971. Jim Plunkett, Archie Manning, Dan Pastorini. One, two, and three. All right. The next, the next and only other time has been 1999. That wasn't much of a quiz, considering you gave both of us the answer. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get it anyway. I was going to say it was the Ryan Leaf draft, but no, the infamous Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and Achilles Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and how many of those panned out? Well, let's see. All, in that one, Donovan. I call McNabb, McNabb working. The out. first yeah. one, actually, all three. Plunkett won a Super Plunkett Bowl. Plunkett won. Archie was great, just on a bad team. Yeah, now, Pastorini I'm, is famous for the butt fumble. I thought that was Mark Sanchez. That was Mark Sanchez. No, no, no. Dan Pastorini, Herm Edwards picked it up for the Eagles, ran it for a touchdown. That wasn't a butt fumble, though. Oh no, actually, it was. No, you're right. It was a handoff bumble. Yeah. You know, that's when Say they started sorry. kneeling it. That's what started the kneel. Actually, yes. yeah, because they do show that. Yeah, because I'm not. For, I wasn't familiar. Yeah. That was Dan Pastorini, yep. nor was I familiar with his oeuvre. <laughs> Dan Patrick was good. Which one? The 
news anchor on ESPN. Yeah. Until he went. I think it was Pasquini. I know he had a long career with the Oilers. I think the Oilers. So pre Warren Moon, probably. Yes. Because when did Moon come in? Late eighties. Yeah, because Pasquini, what seventy one. Oh so, yeah. yeah, seventy. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah and then never I think mind. he went to the Giants, and right. he was infamous for that. But, but anyway, I guess we're ready to go, right? Did we say anything offensive? No. Another you little should... trivia fact. Oh, oh God. God, I thought it was over. <laughs> did you know that Eli Whitney had four children? I, I was unaware. I, I was not. I just figured, you know, that was just a nice I, thing. How does that co- even come to mind? It's just trivia that I know. Why do you know? I'm a history buff. Yeah, I guess so. All right, well, let's... Uh, <laughs> I, I wish everyone could see Finkelstein's face right now. So, so let's get out of here. If you're still listening, God, I don't know why, but uh, thanks for doing that. We will be back next week, same time, same channel. Check out the show, Chaos and Disorder on the tweeters, Chaos and Disorder podcast on Facebook. And if you have any suggestions for anything that might resemble entertainment, let us know at Chaos and Disorder Pod. He keeps losing the damn wheel, or we could do it. But it's, it's broken. <laughs> yeah. I Until next time. Take care. I didn't get to say we'll see you. You jumped me. Yeah, well. Until next time, we'll see you. No, no, you have to say it. I can't let us go until we do it. I already did. Until next time, we'll see you. I did. No, until next time, (laughs) we'll see you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, rival lovers, for opening day appropriate since opening day is Thursday. Unfortunately, Mr. Briggs did not want to bring that up tonight. <laughs> well, more censorship. We, we live in the pirate MLB. Zone. I won't stand for it. Motor Dash. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Goodbye. Say it. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.